Welcome, Asha. Dr. Asha Flynn is an Associate Professor of Criminology and the Director of the Social and Political Sciences Graduate Research Program in the Faculty of Arts at Monash University. Asha, in the Vice-Chancellor's Awards last year, I noticed that your name appeared twice in the booklet. <laughs> you were nominated by your faculty, that's the arts faculty, for a teaching citation for outstanding contribution to student learning and also an award for research impact, which I think you won. It's interesting. It's not all that usual. How do you manage to do both? And what for you is the connection between teaching and your research impact? Well, thank you for having me as a starting point. Look, my research absolutely informs my teaching and vice versa. So for me, I think it makes sense that you can be achieving in research, but also be sharing that knowledge in terms of education. But so my research has a particular focus on gendered and technology facilitated violence. So this includes quite serious social and legal problems like image-based abuse and AI facilitated abuse. But I'm particularly interested in how people are accessing and negotiating justice in a world that's increasingly being dominated by social media, by artificial intelligence and by different forms of digital technology. So part of this involves wanting to shape real change in the way the system is operating to shift problematic attitudes and perceptions towards, say, victims, for example, particularly victims of sexual violence or technology facilitated sexual violence, where there tends to be some blaming and a bit of harm minimisation of the experience that they've had within society. And I guess in this way, I want to help shape laws and changes in society more broadly, but I also want to inspire my students to be thinking about the ways we understand these problems and challenges and how they can engage in this type of, I guess, activism or mm. in type of different education to really understand what the impacts are. So for me, teaching research goes hand in hand. Well, I've always thought that that might be the case, but it's always <laughs> interesting to hear uniquely how. Mm. You're a relatively young academic who's clearly adept across a range of areas of academic work. How do you manage to keep a balance in your life? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm the best person to ask about that. So in addition to my work, I've got a wonderful partner, but also a beautiful and highly energetic three-year-old son. So he certainly reminds me that having balance in life is vital and he does take my mind off work and teaching, but I'm not quite sure I've worked out that balance yet. I think if you can find me an academic who has, <laughs> I'd be pretty impressed. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's just a, a matter of remembering what's important and what's driving you. And I think that can be the difficulty when you do have a passion for education as well as the research side, that it, it is difficult to find the balance. But mm. Well, this is our third try to get an interview time. So congratulations, because <laughs> yes. I think you found the balance there. Thank you. I'll take that as a win. Okay. How do you balance it in your work, where sometimes people think a focus on research and on education tears at each other? Mm. I mean, you did talk about this. Mm. How have you used your research in your teaching? And what you've learned, what have you learned by doing it in your teaching? Can you talk a bit more about that or give us an example? Yeah, of it? sure. So, like I said, I think that it's a bit of a misnomer in our role as academics. As I said before, I think teaching and research mm. go hand in hand. To me, it makes sense that you're sharing the knowledge that you're generating through your research with students as they're the next generation that are going to be the ones that can actually take what you're doing on board and make changes to their world. 
So I try to use my research in my teaching as often as possible. And I think that this has really helped shape the way that I communicate my research, for example. So it's made it a lot more accessible for people because you can't be explaining quite complex theoretical concepts and ideas in a language that people aren't going to understand. So by bringing your research into your teaching, that helps do that. Mm. When you've only got, say, a 12-week semester to be able to, and each week you've got to focus on a new concept or theory, it's great to be able to break down some of the barriers in that communication. I also think in criminology, I probably have it a bit easier than in some other disciplines because there's always really high-profile events that are going on in the world or, you know, even interstate in, in Victoria that can help be used by students to apply the knowledge that they're learning. So even recently, we had, you know, the horrific stabbings in Sydney or the, you know, people shooting at police at the McDonald's car park, things like that. They're, they're awful events, but we can start to understand and unpack what those events mean in relation to the theories and concepts that we're we're trying to get across. So I think that is one element that makes my research and teaching interact quite well. I think another aspect is that I am lucky in that I get to teach a lot of units that I'm really interested in and I'm able to apply my research, which I have a real passion in, to the students. And I think this translates onto the student experience. I think they can tell very quickly whether this is a topic or area that you have knowledge of or that you have interest in. Mm. And I, I am lucky in that I can do that. But it does keep me inspired to continue to research and to continue to teach sort of the next generations because knowledge, as I've, I've said, like knowledge is sort of a, a key currency for us. Knowledge is something that is what's going to help us divide between the real and the fake and how we can shape intellectual debates and try and create informed change. So... For me, I think that they really do go hand in hand. I noticed something I thought was interesting in your citation application, because you talked about changing the way students feel about knowledge and engage with that knowledge. And I think, personally, that feelings can get a bad rap. (laughs) People talk about the potential for bias a lot. Mm. But I think feelings can also orient and guide behaviour because They affect the goals we aim for and the issues we should address. Mm. And they affect how we weigh the probable effects of our actions on other people or relationships. Mm. And emotions are part of purposeful behaviour in relation to reasoning about our environment because they're part of how and why we act and what we want to achieve. But in my experience, academics don't often talk about the way that they have feelings about knowledge. Mm. So what's your take on this? And how easily do you feel we bring our emotions into our work, our teaching work at Monash? And what role do you think emotions play in enhancing students' learning? Yeah, so my approach to education is it's definitely premised on this idea of supporting students to learn, to understand and, and gain the requisite skills that they might need to affect positive change in criminology, which hopefully they then take on to future careers. So... When I approach teaching, I try and be accessible and enthusiastic about it. But part of that is that I try and generate interest and passion among the students as well. So I think it's really important that we start to think about how we can shift the way that students feel and engage with knowledge. It's not so much to tell them this is important because it's getting them to say, oh, I think this is important because, and part of that 
connects to this idea of feelings and emotions. So for me, I think that teaching and learning itself is premised on the student developing some sense of ownership of that learning, but also an appreciation of why they should care or why they should be engaging in these topics. So, and I said this in my application, one of the highlights for me in each class is that aha moment where suddenly something connects with someone, not just in a, oh, I I finally understand that in terms Mm. of understanding the concept, but in I can finally see why this is important or why this makes sense. Mm. And again, being from criminology, we can apply that by looking at, you know, real world cases and things that are going on in a slightly different way. So when I think about or talk about emotions as I did in the application, it's not so much in a sense of, oh, um, you know, do you feel sad or do you feel happy today? It's about recognising that we all have lived experiences, as you mentioned, and these impact on how we see the world And we shouldn't shy away from that. We should acknowledge these and how they shape who we are as people, as researchers, as educators, as students, and how we approach things. So in my research, for example, I speak with a lot of people who've experienced incredibly traumatic victimisation experiences. It's important to be able to hear these stories and to allow people to to take ownership of the narrative of their story in a way they often don't get the chance to through a traditional criminal justice um, process. But it does take an emotional toll. There's no denying that. And it's important for me that, and my research and my teaching, that I stop and reflect on that for my own health and well-being, but also for the purposes of recognising the impact of what I'm doing and, and how this is going to play out into my research. So I think this is something we should encourage and accept, particularly in criminological research, where researchers and students were often dealing with quite contentious and sensitive topics where it's likely that someone in the room might have experienced some kind of victimization or or know someone who else who's gone through that so I think it's something that's important we recognize and we take ownership of rather than shying away and saying oh no we we can't bring emotions into this discussion yes that's right because once you bring it pay attention to it you Mm -hmm. can do all kinds of things that are appropriate that's with those yeah thank you What did receiving your Vice-Chancellor's Award for Research Impact mean to you? Has it changed anything for you? (laughs) Yeah, look, it it was a huge honour to receive the award. I found out it was the first time that someone outside of STEM had ever received it as well. So it was kind of a meaningful in terms of showing not only my research, but the fact that we're now starting to take a bit more notice of work that's being done in the social sciences and humanities fields Mm. and recognising that this can have impact too, which was really great. So from the faculty perspective as well, I I really appreciate that element. I was really proud to receive the award, but I think for me the real joy came from when my research was actually used to have the impact that it did. So one of the ways that it did have impact was in changing laws around image-based abuse. So I was invited by the New South Wales Attorney General to observe the first and second readings of the speech around the new laws in Parliament. And he actually referred to me by name and spoke about the research and what impact that it had had and why it had shown there was a gap in the law that needed to be addressed. And so this was really a vital moment for me because it was sort of recognising that what, what you do sometimes feeling like you're in your ivory tower away from everyone else was actually having a real role in shaping the research. But at this event at Parliament, there were a couple of victims of image-based abuse who were there who at the time were unable to have anything happen in terms of a criminal justice process for their experience because it wasn't captured by the law. And these women had experienced really horrific violation and a lot of psychological trauma as a result of the victimisation. 
and nothing was in place for them to get a sense mm. of justice at the time. And both of the women came and spoke to me and thanked me for what I was doing mm-hmm. as part of the research to generate change for them. And for me, that meant more mm. in a sense because mm. it showed that this was actually impacting people's lives and they, they have done incredible advocacy as well around the laws. I certainly can't take responsibility for it, but for them to be able to, you know, to recognise and say that you're doing something that's making a difference for the lives of people coming next, so this won't have to happen. Someone yes. won't have to go through the same experience. It made a material difference to yeah. what they're able to do with their activism. That's yeah. right. So mm. that, that was really mm. quite meaningful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. It's a great example. So what do you think criminology education should do in higher education that it's not currently doing? Yeah, I think this is a a really great question. We've just introduced a Bachelor of Criminology at Monash and the best thing about this was that we were actually given that freedom to design the degree. So we got to ask ourselves the question, what knowledge and skills does a criminology graduate need? So we actually got a chance to revisit our entire curriculum Mm -hmm. and start to say, what's important? What do we think the skills and attributes they need to go into employment? What do they need for research? But what is it that we want our criminology students to come out with? Mm. And in that sense, we were able to revisit the whole curriculum and be innovative in the approaches that we were using and think of new ways to, to teach and generate that material. So I kind of feel that there that since starting this degree that we've run for the first time this year that we're kind of addressing most of the higher needs that we need for criminology and higher education. So there's not much that we're not doing at this stage, but I love that we got the opportunity to do that because it doesn't happen very often. You mm. often get stuck in very set ways of what you can teach and what you can't teach. So I guess that's one of the great things about being at Monash as well is that we're so focused on innovation in our teaching that we get the opportunity to, to try it out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, we try again. So. Right, yes. But to revise a degree yes, is, is, yeah, is more rare. It yeah. is very rare. Mm. So what's next for ASHA? What would you like to achieve in the ASHA education space in the future? So for me, my next kind of education milestone, I guess, is trialling a new interactive intensive form of education and learning. I'm really excited about this concept. It's not going to roll out for another year or so because I've got a little bit of research time that I have to spend finishing off a couple of projects but it's going to be around our sex gender and crime unit that we run as a a third year criminology unit. One of the key elements of education for me and I think I said this in my application as well is that it's really important we understand that one size does not fit all when it comes to educating and that you need to be sensitive and attuned to the needs of your students and work on encouraging them to connect with the subject matter. Because I think if we can do that, that's what generates the passion and the ideas and the interests that I've been speaking about before. So my next major aim is to look at how I can generate this passion and this interest and self-ownership of student learning in a new unit, trialling a new innovative way of teaching, which will be in the learning and teaching building, which I'm so excited (laughs) to have the opportunity to teach within. Yes. Oh, great. So when does that kick off? Connect so it will be not 2020, 2021. Right. Mm. Yeah, so a bit of a distance away. Yeah, yeah. We'll but it's in the plan. It's a step yeah, in yeah. the room. <laughs> Come in and have a go. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been really interesting. And good luck with your next steps. Thank you. And thanks much. for coming in. Thanks for having me along. <laughs>